The views on this program do not reflect those of ONTV or its board of directors. Welcome to OAA Now, your home for Oakland Activities Association news and information. Here's your host, Welcome Sammy to OAA Taramina. Now here. I'm Sammy Taramina, blogger, the Dragons Insider, blogger inside the OAA, and one of the hosts between Taramina's and Orient Television. Like to welcome those watching on the local voice on SoundCloud and also those watching on YouTube. Got a lot to look at this week. Obviously, we're in the final week of the um of the spring sports season. Of course, we've had a lot of success. Um, a lot of um, you know, that's been going on, obviously. Um we got a lot to look at. I mean, obviously, um the big story of around here, obviously, of course, we got some girls basketball to break down. Um, obviously, um, Obviously, we got some baseball, softball. Of course, there are now no more OA teams that do remain in both those sports. Girls soccer, we are down to one um, one school, and that is um, Troy Athens. They are going to take on Ann Arbor Skyline um, coming up on um, Tuesday night. Um, and then if they get there, then they're in the state semifinal and then the state final. So a lot to look at. Um you know, and then the final week, next week, we're going to talk, obviously, recapping the entire season where um, everything, you know what I mean, you know, the completion of spring sports, of course, the MHA just released their volleyball districts, and we can take a look at those. They're at semi-semi-colon-termina-blogspot.com. I put an article on there um, if you want to look at them. So let's recap everything here that's went around the OA. Um you know, we got baseball, softball, and um, girls soccer. Um, we got to look at, obviously. Um, let's look at baseball first. Um, you know, when you look at baseball in the OA this year, um, kind of, you know, really wasn't as good of a year as people thought it would be. I mean, Stony Creek got to the um, regional final. Now, baseball, it's really, really odd how they do it because they put, um, the MHA put like a extra round called the Super Regional, then technically the regional final and the state quarterfinal held on that weekend. I mean, held on that week. And then the um, state semifinal and the state finals are done um, usually like, um, I think on a Friday, Saturday. So, so it's really weird how they do it. Now, we had a team in Stony Creek who um, went to the regional final um, after winning their district, um, knocked off a um, really pesky Waterford Kettering team um, in the um, regional um, semifinal at Adams in the Super Regional. Um, Groves ended up falling to um, UD Jesuit on a walk-off, I think 7-6 was that score. Um, you know, so... Um, Groves ended up losing it on the Super Regional, where Stony Creek moved on to, like, the regional final up at Port Huron. Um, I think it's Baylitz Park, I believe is what it's called. Um, but I don't know the name, but I know it was in Port Huron. Um, they ended up losing to um, Groves Point North um, 4-0. Um, and then Groves Point North ended up losing eventually to Grand Blank, so... Now, Grand Blank is now in the state semifinal for baseball. Um, but for Stony Creek, you know what I mean? There was a reason why Stony Creek was viewed as one of my top teams heading in the year. I mean, they were state-ranked, obviously. Um, they they had a lot of talent. I mean, 
But when you look at the path that they went through, of course, they were in that tough district with Rochester, Rochester Adams, um, Romeo, and Utica Eisenhower. I mean, those are some really, really potent teams. Um, you know, so it was really, really a tough road for them. And then they knocked off Waterford Kettering, um, who won their district. I mean, you know, so it was a really, really tough road for them. So, you know, congratulations to Stony Creek on a really good season. Um, so we'll see where they're at um, going forward. And I think that's really, really interesting. Um, see where baseball goes next year. Um, you know, when you look at teams next year who should be pretty good, I mean, like at Lake Orient's a team to keep an eye on for sure. Um, Clarkson's another one. I think they're up and coming. Oxford's another one who's up and coming. Groves, um, Stony Creek. I mean, so when you really look at it, I mean, baseball, you know, next year, next spring, looks to be, you know, really interesting to keep an eye on. And I'm going to be curious to see what happens um, heading into the um, season next year. So that's an interesting um, ride, um, interesting um, campaign, obviously, what happened um, this season in baseball um, on the diamond. Um, I mean, like, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I think Adams will be good next year. I mean, they got Parker Pico there. Um I'm curious to see what happens next year. So, and, you know, when you add a team like Harper Woods coming in, um, you know, for baseball, I mean, like, so I'm curious to see what happens there. Um, we got a lot to talk about in the softball diamond. Um, obviously, um, when you look at the softball diamond, um, this is really interesting. I mean, you look at, the teams that were in there, you got Clarkston, Groves, Oxford, and Stony Creek. Um, now, the big question was, could they make it to next weekend, to this weekend? And we had our answer on Saturday. Um, when you look at, of course, some Clarkston and Groves, they had to play each other at Lakeland. Um, Stony Creek played um, Utica at Utica Ford. And Oxford had to go play... Um, and Oxford had to go up to Bay City Central to play Fenton. Um, so we're going to recap all three of these um, regionals. And <clears throat> to me, it was head-scratching, obviously. I mean, it was really, really head-scratching for um, a couple of these teams. Um, let's go to Lakeland first. And I think this one was head-scratching to me because a lot of people look at Clarkston I mean, like, and and say, you know, this team coming in the postseason was four and twenty-two. I mean, actually, actually, take it back. They were, um, yeah, they were four and four and twenty-one coming into the postseason, and for them to go three and one in the postseason, that tells you something that they're built for the future. And a lot of that, you know, you got to look at obviously. The district Clarkson was in, it was not as strong as I first thought it would be. I mean, I mean, they looked dominant. I mean, Clarkson really dominated their district. Um, and then they they dominated a um, Groves team that, you know, that I thought would look really good. I mean, like, and then, you know, and then Clarkson just comes in there and just pretty much beats them 12 to 1. I mean, did not expect that one to happen. I mean, but I think when you look at that Clarkson Groves game, obviously, um, you know, Groves coming off a really nice year. 
knocked off Bloomfield Hills. That was huge for them. Um, just dismantled West Bloomfield in the district final. And then you're playing a team like Clarkston. Um, now it comes down to the question of being in the red, being in the white. And it's a lot different being in the red from being in the white. And it looked like in that game with Clarkson and Groves, it clearly described that. I mean, like that the red is a more tougher, you're playing more tougher teams um, than you are in the white. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but but that game with Clarkson Groves described it. You know what I mean? Basically, it described it. It basically described it. I'm, I'm being honest. And, you know, when you look at a team like um, Groves, who, um, you know, who's coming in, you know, basically playing house money, and then you're playing Clarkson, you know, you're looking at Clarkson, you're saying, oh, that record is not very good. I mean, come on. Clarkson's played a more difficult schedule than Groves, I think, in my opinion. But what they did to Groves in that regional semifinal was just insane. I mean, blowing them out 12 to um, 1. I mean, didn't expect that coming. And then for Clarkson to take on Farmfield's Mercy, um, I knew this would be a very difficult matchup for Clarkson. Obviously, for a team that is a um, for a team that really really struggles, um, you know, against good competition, and I think that was the thing that got to him. Um. And it ended up being a mercy. I think it was fifteen. It was fourteen to four. Was that score? And um, you know, and the Marlins ended up winning a. Um, I think their first regional since twenty sixteen. Um, I don't know how to describe this with Clarkson. I know they're a young group, a very young group. And you look at this Clarkson team, and you know. It's hard to describe um, what Clarks did was this year. I mean, yes, they were a young team, but the way they played against Farm Tales Mercy, I, when you can't have four errors in a game and expect to win. You can't. You just can't have that. And that's what happened um, in that game. Clarkson's four errors really create, set the tone in that game and it was very, very difficult to watch. And Farm Tales Mercy took advantage of Clarkson's mistakes. You know, and let's not forget they just came off a very emotional 5-4 win against um, Wall Lake Northern and in the first game where they just, well, actually in the second game where, they just, where they're coming off playing. And Clarkson just played in the first game. So, you know, I think to me it looks like if you're playing in that first game, it kind of feels like you got a little disadvantage a little bit because, okay, you're pl- you just played a game, you get a break, and then you got to play again. You know what I mean? You got to play again. Whereas playing the second game, you know what I mean? You're going to be just fr- you're going to be just coming off a game, and then you got another game. So, so it's it's difficult to explain, but you know, but that's how the game works. I mean, it's not it's not like you can put two teams in different venues and then bring them, bring them together and put them in another one. You know, you got to have one play first and then the other one plays next and then they play in each other in the district final. I mean, that's how, that's how the game of baseball and softball goes. And I think that's what happened to Clarkson. I mean, you know, but 
then again, let's look at Farm Sales Mercy. I mean, they had to knock off Farmington just to get to the um, regional um, final, and um, they and um, just to get the regionals, and and they um, ended up beating a very good Wall Lake Northern team, um, and then they knocked off Clarkson. So, you know, so when you really look at it, I mean, and now Farmington Mercy moves on to Comacomb, Dakota. We'll break down that Utica dish, Utica Four district. Um, shortly um so for clarkston you know i think for them it's be patient um the reason why i say this is because two years ago let's not forget this team went to east lansing and and last year of course we had the pandemic and everything and all that and just things just did not go right and and things just really did not go as right as first thought and it's really unfortunate that um what happened obviously um so if you're Clarkston I mean like be patient if you're coach Don Peters be patient um I think next year is going to be the year for Clarkston I really do believe that that's going to be the one that occurs um and then let's go to um Utica I mean for Stony Creek I mean like you know I know their baseball team may have had a deep run and their softball team got to the regionals. But I don't know what this thing is with Utica when it comes to girls' sports. I mean, especially in girls' basketball and girls' soccer. Oh, no, sorry, not soccer, softball. Um, they've had some issues with Utica as of late, and that's really, really a concern. I mean, Utica's at Stony Creek's number in both sports, and that's never a good thing. Um, they had them in girls' basketball this year. Um Albeit Stony Creek did not have a couple of players because of COVID and protocols. Um, but in softball, I'm looking at Utica and I'm saying to myself, Utica was the weakest team in that district. They were the weakest team. I mean, like, I didn't think they would win that district over Troy um, when they knocked off Utica Eisenhower and then they beat Troy Athens. I mean, I didn't expect that. And then... And then, of course, you look at what they did at Stony Creek. I thought Stony Creek would be a better, you know, I thought they would, I thought they would pitch much better, you know. And then, you know, in that Lake Orion game, I mean, like they, um, you know, they um, pitched pretty well, um, held Lake Orion to, I think, three runs. Um, and then they had some issues with Adams. I mean, like they had to survive that. And then with um, Utica, I mean, like, um, you know, I'm looking at the score and I'm and it's saying to me eleven to nine. I'm going like, what? I'm going like, what happened? What happened? I mean, it looked like it was a really good game. I mean, like, but you know, when you look at Stony Creek's issues, I mean, like, it seems like every time in the postseason, whether it's girls basketball or softball, that Stony Creek cannot figure out the Chieftains. I I can't figure that out. I mean, and it mind boggles me. It really does. Um, so that was one of the um, biggest head scratchers for me was that um, Stony Creek um, was Stony Creek going um, being eliminated. And, um, you know, I, I, I thought they would go further. I really did. Um, even though that um, district, what, that regional with New Baltimore, Anchor Bay, Macomb, Dakota would be really tough. Um, I thought Stony Creek um, could have, you know what I mean, went 
a little further. I mean, I was just really shocked at um, how they lost that game to Utica. Um, on the other side, of course, McComb Dakota knocked off um, New Baltimore Anchor Bay. I was really surprised at that. I was really shocked by that. And then they ended up winning the regional by knocking off um, Utica. So now they're in the um, state quarterfinals um, playing Farmington Hills Mercy. So, you know, so for Stony Creek, yeah, good year. I mean, like, not, I mean, like, not a, I mean, they were ranked high early in my top ten, my top five. Um, started off the year really, um, really good. And then they got into a little slump. And then when they got in the postseason, they started clicking at the right time. So when you look at what Stony Creek is doing, and I know they're, they're saying like they're up and coming, and that is true. They are up and coming. Um, they knocked off, um, Adams, of course, Adams is a really good team. They knocked off Lake Orion, who's another very good team. Um, and then, of course, they um, had that loss to Utica. So for Stony Creek, you know, I think for them the future's bright. Um, but there are some questions when you look at Stony Creek. Um, you know, can they get over the Utica? That is the <laughs> big-time question um, going forward for the Cougars is can they get over that hump of Utica? So that's the big question I have with them. Um, and then let's look at the um, the um, regional up at Bay City West Central. Um, Oxford um, ended up winning that district over at um, over up at Grand Blank, of course, which saw some crazy, crazy games occur there. Um, let's let's not remember this is the same this is the same district where Grand Blank um, was upset by Davison and. Davison knocked off Lapeer before falling to Oxford. Oxford had to survive Holly just to get to that game against Davison. So, and then Oxford knocked off um, Davison 1-0. And then they got to, they get, and for their reward, they get to go up north, up um, I-75 to um, near U.S. to um, U.S. 10 in Bay City um, to, to play, um, you know, to play, um, Fenton and Fenton's a team that you know Oxford and Fenton both split during the year. Um, and then when I looked at that game, I thought to myself, okay, it was even on paper. I even talked to um, OCTV um, um, announcer and um, new and Oxford um, and Oxford Leaders newspaper writer Ted Reichwest. I know him very well. I mean, so I said, you know, how is the ride out to Bay City? Of course. I've been out to Bay City. I mean, it's a really beautiful city. I mean, it is really, really beautiful, especially if you go up M25, you know, going up to the Saginaw, seeing the Saginaw River from the bridge there, um, you know, before having to go up to Midland. I mean, like, um, but Bay City is a beautiful, beautiful town. I mean, I passed Bay City Western. I mean, like, Bay City Western, good campus, really beautiful campus. I mean, and the Bay City Central in the middle of town. I mean, like, you know, but Bay City's a really beautiful place. Um, so Oxford went up there, took on Fenton. Um, it was really, really tight. I mean, it was a really good game between Oxford and Fenton. And then Fenton behind their second baseman, um, who had a really nice game against Oxford. Um, she made a ton of impact, ton of noise. And she was the one of the main catalysts for 
Benton knocking off Oxford um, 12-5 in that um, regional semifinal game. Um, I I was shocked about how um, Oxford's pitching staff, you know, they were really good in the postseason. I mean, like, even though they gave up two, they gave up two runs against Holly and then they, they, they shut out Davison, but to give up 12 against a, um, and, and I'm, I'm not, and Fenton's a good team. I mean, Fenton's a really good team. I mean, but I just didn't expect, um, Oxford's, um, I didn't expect, um, Oxford's pitching staff to get rocked like that. I mean, like, I really didn't expect them to get rocked by a really good Fenton team. I mean, like, I know they split with Fenton, but I just didn't expect them to give up 12 runs. And, you know, for, it was, it was shocking. I mean, especially, you know, with what Oxford had to go through, obviously. Um, but I was really, really shocked about that. And, you know, so when you really look at it, I mean, like, it was, it was stunning. You know, to say the least there. Um, so, Fenton ended up moving on to the um, regional final against Traverse City West. And they ended up um, losing on a walk-off 5-4. Um, so, Traverse City West won that regional. Now, they're gonna, I think they're going to take on Granville in the quarterfinals. But, um, back to Oxford. I mean, when you look at Oxford, of course... Nobody thought they would win that district over at Grand Blank. Nobody did. I mean, I'll be flat out honest with you. I mean, especially when you have the number two ranked team in the state in Grand Blank. And then you have a very good pitcher in um in um Jessica. Um I sorry, and um, you know, if I I don't remember the pitcher's name on my top of my head right now, but but especially with the dominant um okay the Kanabak, that's the name. Um, and how she's been dominant all year for Grand Blank, and then of course, um, not having to see her, you know, is a huge help. But you're seeing the team that knocked off Grand Blank in Davison, and you shut them out. That's incredible. That's an incredible performance for Oxford, um, to do that in that district against um Davison at Grand Blank. I mean, like I did not, you know, but. What mind boggles me was that game against Fenton where you left 12 runs. I mean, like, you know, a lot of it they gave up late, um, but it was really tight. I mean, Oxford got it within 7-5. to five. I mean, and then um, and then Fenton put up another five runs. I mean, like, so, you know, so Oxford really, they really kept competing. They kept fighting. They kept playing. I mean, like, and that's something that I give them props for. I mean, like, against the... Um, a good Fenton team, um, but it, unfortunately it wasn't enough. And, you know, and, you know, and now there's no more OA teams left. So, so I'm going to recap. I'm going to look at the teams to look at for next year for the OA. Obviously, um, you know, in softball, obviously Clarkson's one to keep a very close eye on. Um, Oxford's got a good pitching staff coming back. Um, Lake Orion's going to be a team to watch, I think. Um, and then you look at obviously, um, you know, Groves, Bloomfield Hills. Um, they're going to be teams to watch. Um, I mean, like, um, watch out for Ferndale. I think Ferndale's a team I think can make some noise next year um, in the softball ranks. Um, and we'll see what happens going forward. I mean, obviously, um, 
though there's some things to watch, obviously, um, going forward. Okay, now let's go to girls lacrosse. Um, Bloomfield Hills was in um the regional. Um, they had um they were matched up with Brighton. Um, and unfortunately for um Bloomfield Hills, they were blown out by um Brighton. It was not a good. I think it was seventeen to five with that score. Um, when you look at Bloomfield Hills' road, I mean, obviously for them, knocking off Birmingham United was huge for them. Um. But playing against a really good Brighton team, you knew it was going to be really tough. And I think it was really difficult. Um, just difficult for them to, um, you know, it was going to be a tough matchup against Brighton. It was on their home field. That makes it that much harder um, to play an opponent in a regional and a, on the, on basically on their home field. And the odds were stacked against them. That was the bottom line. And, but that's how the location worked. You know, that they, their game had to be played. Their game was played at Brighton. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, that's what happened. So, Bloomby Hills had a really nice year. Um, I remember the streak they had early on where um, they were, um, they, um, they were really, really strong early on. And then they um, made, and then, of course, the upset of Birmingham United, I didn't expect what they did to them. Um, so when I look at girls across next year, obviously you got Birmingham United, Bloomfield Hills. Um, Lake Orion had an incredible year. I mean, they had a really good year. Um, I mean, they're going to be a team to watch. Um, I mean, like there could be some upstarts as well, like Clarkson, um, Troy Athens, Troy. I mean, like, um, you know, there's some teams to keep an eye on. But right now to me, until... Anybody knocks off um, Birmingham United and knocks off Bloomfield Hills, you know, you know, those are the two teams right now in girls lacrosse that are going to dominate this um, league right now. And Rockford did win the state title in girls lacrosse. So, you know, so they repeated for a second straight year. So congratulations to Rockford on that. Um, and then, of course, we had... Um, and then we had um, boys across, um, you know, Lake Orion's run. I mean, you know, when you look at the Dragons run, obviously what they did against um, what they did in the um, in the um, state quarterfinals against Rockford, that was really incredible what they did coming back from two goals down to knock off Rockford. And then, you know, having to play Birmingham Brother Rice is just, you know, what can you say? I mean, like, you know, it's a difficult matchup to play them. Um, but also, you got to like the game plan that Coach Ron Herbert did um, against them. You know, even though it was really difficult what they had to do. I mean, Birmingham Brother Rice's A team is really good. I mean, there's a reason why they were ranked nationally. They were ranked, um, they've been the most prominent power. I mean, like, when you look at the Warriors, I mean, like, this team, you know, but Lake Orion, they've overcame a lot. I mean, they've overcame a lot, and now they're officially, you know, they've always been a state, a state um, power, a, a state boys across power. And what they did um, going up against Birmingham Brother Rice, it was going to be a difficult matchup anyway for them. I mean, it was going to be really, really difficult. But 
you know, unfortunately they lost nine to one um at Troy Athens. I mean, but you know, when you look at the score, you know, it was a defensive game. I mean, it was a really unique game. I mean, I just didn't expect um just, you know, but I knew how good Birdman Brother Rice was. I mean, they had weapons everywhere. Um, they ended up winning the state title by knocking off Heartland 14-9 in the state final. Um, but um, Lake Orient's run, you know, will be remembered. Um, obviously, the last um, two years, you know, we're not counting the 2020 year because of the pandemic. Um, but they got the final four against Norway Detroit Cats Central. Should have won that one. And then getting getting to the um, final against Birmingham Brother Ice, where, um, unfortunately, you know what I mean? You know, we know how good the Catholic League is. And and um, for Lake Orion to get there to the final four for the second straight year, um, heck of an accomplishment for Coach Ron Herbert. Um, there are some talent coming back, obviously, of course, um, led, of course, by Andrew Parker. But um, you got to give this group a lot of credit, of course, led by, of course, by Kate Manzo. I mean... You know, I mean, like the, um, so I'm curious to see what happens next year with Lake Orion Lacrosse. So I'm going to be very, very curious. Um, when I look at boys lacrosse next year, I mean, obviously Lake Orion has to be the team to talk about, obviously, but so does Clarkston. Um, you know, Birmingham United is another one. Um, um, obviously, um, and then of course, um, but those are teams you got to keep a very close eye on. Are they going to be those teams? You know, Lake Orion, Clarkston, and Birmingham United in boys lacrosse. So those are the teams you got to watch. I mean, for sure. Um, let's go now to girls soccer. I mean, there was a lot of drama here. Um, we do have one OA team left right now, and that's Troy Athens. Um, they will play Ann Arbor Skyline on Tuesday at Troy. Um, and if they get there, they'll get the state semifinals and finals. will be held. I think it's at Novi. Um, I think that's at Novi, but, um, don't quote me on that. But when you look at Troy Athens, I mean, like, you know, they knocked off Romeo, um, in a really, really good game there. And then they, um, had absolutely no problem to do Baltimore and Bay, shutting them out for nothing. Um, you know, and then, um, I think the play of Jillian Siak has been really incredible. Of course, um, of course, um, Kayla Scholes and goal for, um, I mean, like, um, I'm sorry, Natia Butu in goal for Troy Athens has been really incredible there. Um, but when you look at when you look at Troy Athens, you know they're rolling. There's a reason why they're ranked number one in the state. I mean, it'll be very interesting to see how they do against the Anover Skyline. It'll be really, really interesting how they do. Um, and then, of course, we look at, of course, some um, Lake Orion. I mean, the other um, team that made the regional was Lake Orion. And when you look at the Dragons, I mean. Lake Orion, let's not forget, this was a team that won the white this year. Um, they had a lot of talent back. Um, this was a team that came out of nowhere, shocked Davison and Grand Blank in the um, semifinal and final, respectively. Knocked off Clarkson in the pre-district. And then knocked off Wall Lake Northern on their graduation day, overcoming a weather delay. That's insane. That is virtually insane. The fact that you had um, Mother Nature, uh, you know, you had a rain delay, you know, you had to start, I think, about five, about 6 o'clock. And then you knock off 
Walt Lake Northern. Seniors get to graduate, you know, and then, you know, that's Lake Orion's Girls Soccer's Tuesday. That's insane. That is really insane. I mean, like, but they did it. They overcame it, won a really good game, 2-1, to one, against a really good Wall Lake Northern team. Um, and then on the other side of that district at Livonia Stevenson, this was the upset for me, was Heartland over Novi. Um, this was a low-scoring game, defensive-type game, and then Heartland scores about seven minutes to go in the game, stuns Novi. 1-0, and then takes on Lake Orion um, in the um, regional final. In the regional final, you know, Heartland's size, strength, which is too much for Lake Orion. I mean, and Heartland, I'm winning that game 3-0. So, it was really tough. It was really, really tough, but Lake Orion has a lot to be proud of. They do. I mean... Having to overcome a lot, um, especially in that postseason, um, knocking off Davison, who was an honorable mention in the state, um, knocking off Grand Blanc, a perennial power in the state. I think they were ranked, um, I think they were ranked fourth in the state. Um, and then overcoming that Tuesday, you know, where especially the seniors, you know, where they had to deal with that rain delay, um, they played that game. Got to um got to graduation on time and graduated, and then playing a Heartland team that had um a lot of size, a lot of height, um, you know. So I gotta give this group this group of dragons, especially the senior class, their due. I gotta give it to them what they what they did on that Tuesday. That's incredible. That is absolutely incredible, and the season that they had. I also got to give Coach Chris Cortez a lot of credit, you know, as well. I mean, you know, when you look at soccer program, obviously, um, usually been middle of the pack, but he's got that team heading in the right direction. I mean, next year for sure they're going to be in the red. Um, going up against the likes of, of course, you have Stony Creek in there, Adams, Rochester. Um, you know, those are going to be some really interesting games there. Um so it'll be really interesting to see what happens going forward um, involving Lake Orion soccer. So when I look at soccer next year, um, well, and also Troy Athens as well. I mean, soccer's still playing. You know, obviously Troy Athens um, right now, they're going to be the team to beat. And right now they are proving that right now. They're still the team to beat right now in the soccer ranks. Um, so really interesting to see what happens there going forward. Um when you look at, of course, other sports that did take place this weekend, um, obviously we had we had um, we had golf um, that took place this weekend. Um, pulling it up right now here. Um, obviously, um, you know, Ann Arbor Skyline ended up winning the um, title in golf. Um, but when you look at the OAA, obviously, um, you're looking at Troy Athens that took. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Troy Athens ended up taking. Um, 12th, um, Adams took ace with a, um, Adams took ace with a, um, 623, Troy Athens, they, um, took 12th with a 645, 
Um, so those were the two OA teams that were in the um, postseason for um, the OA in the state finals. Um, of course, Troy Athens had a um, good day from from Nate Hazen, of course, the quarterback at Troy Athens. Um, he had a 157. Bennett Lewis hit a 159. Um, and then for Adams, um, and then for Adams, of course, um, Peter Rowe, a freshman, um, he hit a 145. Um, Alex Schnook hit a 157. So Adams is in good hands um, in golf next year. Um, obviously, when you look at Adams, I mean, they're, gonna, they're in really good hands for next year. So Adams is a team that I think could do some – could be really, really interesting next year. So when you look at um, Adams, I mean, like Adams could be a team that they could very well do some damage heading into next year um, on the on the um, on the golf ranks. So that one's really interesting. Um, I had to get my phone out because, um, you know, just to look at the um, results and all that. So. You know, congratulations on the golf, um, on golf this season, obviously. Um, so when you look at golf, I mean, like, um, ne- looking at next year, Adams obviously be a good, will be a team to beat. And then you look at Lake Orion. Um, Lake Orion's definitely a team to watch um, on the um, on the golf, um, on golf as well. I mean, like, Clarkson's another one to keep a very close eye on as well. Um, but I'll be honest with you, I didn't expect Troy Athens to be this good to win that regional um, and then to um, get to the state final. So I did not, ex- I'll be flat off. I did not expect Troy Athens to um, get there. I mean, like, and then of course Adams, I had, I, I knew they would get there, but I was really, really shocked that um, Lake Orion was a team that I thought could get there, but unfortunately they just did not. Um, they um, finished fourth and didn't make the state tournament. So really unfortunate but it is what is. So we got a lot of more news to cover. Obviously, of course, um, one of the biggest news stories in the week, um, there is a new girls basketball coach um, at Clarkston. And um, I want to talk about this one here, obviously. Um, when you look at Clarkston, I mean, when you look at Clarkston and girls basketball, I mean, last three years, I mean, la- I mean last few years, I mean, under then coach Christine Rogers, they've been really good. I mean, and then when they had John Wire, I mean, they were really good. I mean, like, so when you look at Clarkston, um, obviously the Wolves are a team that they they had a lot of talent coming back in the girls' basketball ranks. They got, of course, they have Izzy Haley, Maddie Sikorsky, obviously, um, are two of the players. They're well-known around the league. Um, Ava Hernandez is an underrated player. Um, Ryan Baring is another one. Um, so when you look at Clarkston, okay, and there's a vacant coaching and there's a vacancy there, you know, so Clarkston ended up naming, um, Aaron Gunn on the new head coach at, at Clarkston. And to me, this one's a really interesting move. I mean, you know, when you look at the weaknesses of good now, obviously, um, you know, the strengths and the weaknesses, I'm going to look at weaknesses first and then I'm going to look at strengths. Um, not a lot of varsity coaching experience. I mean, that is the only down downer of um, of this hire. But and when you look at the positives, obviously he knows the players. The majority of the players that Good now had coaches at Michigan Pride. I mean, coaches at um coaches the Pride. Um, he coaches the um Pride 
2023 team. I know um, there's several pride players there um, from Clarkson, several from Lake Orion, one from Howell, one from Seaholm um, that are on that team, and one from Growth Point North um, that's on that team. Um, so when you look at when you look at this hire, I mean, like, I like this hire a lot because good now what he brings, obviously, is stability. You know, you really don't have to change much when you look at Clarkston um, from Wired to good now because, you know, you know, good now was part of Wired's staff. So you really don't have to change much. Now, will there be some kinks in there that good now will do? Absolutely. But when you look at Aaron Goodnow, the hire at Clarkson, um, this is a really, really good hire for them because it, it keeps everything stable. Because if it, I mean, if, if they had to go get somebody else and completely change the structure, then it could let it could have led to some problems. So when you look at Clarkson now, um, with Goodnow taking over there, um, I think it's, I think for them, you know, this is a good hire for them. I mean, when I looked at my early summer top five for basketball, for girls basketball, you know, I didn't know who would be the coach there, Clarkston, until now. I mean, like, I think right now, Clarkston, right now, in my opinion, maybe top two, maybe top three. I mean, when you look at the teams there, when you look at, obviously, you got West Bloomfield, who's going to be very good. Um, and then you look at, um, and then you have Stony Creek, you have Lake Orion, um, Groves is there, you know, but we'll see. I mean, look at the top five. I mean, like, obviously the teams there that are, um, and then you put Clarkson in there, obviously that'll be very interesting to see what, um, you know, how Clarkson's going to look. I mean, they've got some players, program strength is strong. Um, you look at obviously, um. And, you know, with them, obviously, it starts with Maddie Sikorsky. I mean, you know, in that game against Birmingham Marriott in um, Wire's final game, she was nearly at 30 points. And, you know, for Clarkson to succeed, you know, next year, you know, Hadley's going to have to start. And I'd be shocked if she didn't start, but she's going to have to start now. Um, and then you look at Sikorsky, you know, she's going to have to probably put in at least 15 points a night. You know what I mean? So... So, um, so there's your score with Sikorsky. Um, but, you know, there's going to be some others that are going to have to step up. I mean, like Ava Hernandez is one of them. Um, um, but when you look at Clarkson, you know, there's some players there. And I think what helps, what helps good now is all those players he knows, he knows very well. And they've been in the program. So, so it's a familiar face coaching the program there at Clarkson. Um, so when you really look at the situation there at Clarkston, it's you know I think it's a stable stable situation. Um, he knows the teams in that division, the Red Division. Um, you know when you look at Clarkston, you look at um, you look at West Bloomfield, you look at Royal Oak, you look at um, you look at a team like that. Obviously, could they could make some noise um, in that division. So so that that's. To me, this is a really good hire. Um, obviously, we haven't heard much on the other coaching situations um, surrounding um, girls basketball or boys basketball. Um, keeping an eye on the situation over Adams, Groves, and Ferndale. Um, 
Also, the situations at um, Rochester and Ferndale, Ferndale University. Um, but very interesting story out of Harper Woods. Um, of course, Harper Woods is going to be in the OAA um, next winter. Um, their coach um, is out. Um, I mean, and this was a really interesting story because I did not expect um, this story to come out. I mean, like, um, until um, Scott Bernstein um, wrote on the um, MI, on the um, MI Prep Zones um, review um, <laughs> that the, a rumor was going around that Juan Rickman was going to be the next coach at Harper Woods. That is not the case at all. Um, but Brennan Jenkins, the um, coach at Harper Woods, stepped down a couple weeks ago. And when you look at Harper Woods, I mean, like, obviously, you know, now you're in a really tough spot considering that you're now going to be a team that your team has got a lot of experience going into a new league, um, going into a new league, which is going to basically be, um, you know, and, the, and you know how it is when you adjust from a to a new league, it's going to be very difficult. And I think for Harper Woods, it could be difficult early on. And especially when you're starting in the winter time, um, you know, and then with Jenkins there only being there for two years, um, you know, so now you're basically starting over again. And that is really, really difficult. I mean, like Harper Woods last year went four, nine Jenkins was 14 and 19 in his um, two seasons there. At Harper Woods, I mean, like, so when you really look at it here, I mean, like, this is a really, really unique situation, how that unfolded there. Um, I don't know really any names that could be over there at Harper Woods that could, that would be good candidates, obviously. Um, obviously, when you look at um, Harper Woods, and um, I, I really believe that, um, you know, when you look at Harper Woods and boys basketball right now, I mean, like, they're going to be in the gold. Um, you got Pontiac in there in that division. You're going to have Royal Oak, Avondale. Um, those are some teams I, I think I could give some fits. Um, but I really think Harper Woods, I would say right now, because of the experience that Harper Woods has right now, and with everything that's going on, um, I think Harper Woods is the favorite right now in the gold and because of the experience factor. And that's interesting to say the least because, um, because you got some really good teams in that division, Pontiac, Avondale. Um, and then of course you have, um, Royal Oak and, um, you have Royal Oak in there as well. I mean, like Royal Oak, we know what type of team they have. Um, and then Pontiac, obviously, that's, I think Pontiac's going to be a really good team um, next winter. I really do, especially with the um, what Coach Damon O'Neill's done. Um, so for Harper Woods, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there with them. And, you know, so when you really look at, and now you add the um, coaching shirts into, the, in the, into it, it's going to be really hard to see where they're at. I mean, like, obviously, when you look at coaching searches, I mean, like, um, you know, they could, I mean, like, especially if they go outside the box, it's never easy to do. Um, so that is a job I'm very curious to see what happens there. Um, and then, of course, you know, I'm very curious to see what happens, you know, I mean, around the, around the league as well. I mean, like, um, obviously, when you look at 
when you look at um, basketball and, you know, you're starting off your summer leagues, you're starting off everything, you know, you know, when you look at obviously summer league, it's a chance for you to get better. And, you know, I've seen several teams play in their summer league ball. Um, I mean, like based on their pictures on Twitter, I mean, I've seen West Bloomfield. They look really good and girls, um, you know, A&T, I was a little surprised. Um, you know, A&T, I think, is going to be in for for another struggling year um, with what I saw. Um, um, and I know A&T um, pretty well under Coach Shakia Cotrain. Um, I think I think they could be in for a another for a really long year in the girls next season, especially being in that red division. Um, there are some teams that I'm keeping a really close eye on in the basketball ranks, especially in summer league ball. And to me, a storyline, you know, I'm curious to see. I mean, everybody's going to know about West Bluefield. Everybody's going to know about Stony Creek, Lake Orion, um, Oxford. Um, but the team I'm most curious to keep a really close eye on, there's two of them I'm keeping a really close eye on in the summer league. And that is Troy. And that is, um, and that is Royal Oak. Um, the reason why I say Troy is because the injury to Alyssa Mantuza, you know, I mean, like, um, you know, the, um, she had, she had surgery, she had ACL surgery. Um, so, you know, it's going to take a little bit for her to get back, but I'm curious to see how the guard situation is going to be over there for Coach Julius Porter. I'm really, really curious to see how that situation is going to look. Um, but anytime you have Kendall Zider, Charlotte Sabaka, Mia Val, Val Otis um, coming back, that's, that's a huge, um, that's huge. I mean, so I'm curious to see what happens there with Troy. I'm, I'm really, really curious to see what happens there with them. Um, and then Royal Oak, I mean, that's another team. I mean, anytime you lose a lot of experience, like what, they're, what they did, um, obviously with Sarah Sorgahan no longer there, um, you know, so I'm curious to see how this new crop of Ravens is going to be um, coming in in the summer league. And I think the summer ball schedule is going to be really important, um, you know, for especially in the girls' basketball ranks and with these teams. Obviously, um, you know, Troy Athens is another team I'm keeping a close eye on. I mean, especially with, um, of course, led by, of course, Jillian Siak um, and what she's been doing, um, not only in the soccer field, but also in the basketball court as well for Coach Stacey Klump. Um, so I'm curious to see what happens there um, on the girls' basketball side. And the boys' basketball side, obviously keeping a very close eye. I mean, a team I'm keeping a close eye on in the summer leagues is, people are going to ask me this, but Oak Park. I mean, you know, how are they How are they going to be? I mean, Coach Durant Shepard, um, you got, of course, um, Deion Henderson back. You're going to have um, Bawada Miller back. I mean, like, there's some questions surrounding Coach Durant Shepard's team with the Knights. I mean, that's a team that I'm keeping a close eye on heading into the season. So, you know, that's a team I'm watching during the summer leagues. Um, another one to keep a close eye on is, um, I think, Lake Orion. I mean, like, that's another one. Um, I've seen Groves play. I mean, I like what Groves has. Um, I mean, Bloompia Hills is going to be a very good team um, to keep a very close eye on. But Lake Orion's a team to keep an eye on, of course. How are they going to replace? Um, they replace a lot of experience from last year. I mean, when you lose guys like, like Nick Fisher, Will McClear, Andrew Bryant, Brendan Jones, Xander Blackney, 
Mark Smith. That's hard to replace. So I'm curious to see what Lake Orion is going to be this off season. So that's a team I'm keeping a very close eye on. Um, so we'll see what happens. Obviously, um, obviously a lot to look at um, during the summer ball season. Um, I am going to be curious, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, what the MHA does with districts. I mean, they just released volleyball districts. Um, some really interesting districts. We'll look at them, especially next week when um, Ian is back in the studio. Um, God, also, they just released boys soccer districts. So, so I'll be curious to see, because usually during at this time, the MHA does release districts, especially for basketball in the final week of the season, you know, after the end of the state finals. So, I mean, they didn't last year because of the pandemic, but I think with things going back to normal, um, I think, I think the, um, I, I have a strange feeling to be honest with you. You know, when you look at the volleyball districts, um, they're usually the same in girls basketball. Um, but not always. Um, I mean, they weren't last year, but, um, I'm curious to see, if they would be this season, because that's something to really keep a close eye on. Um, obviously, when you head in the summer months, um, and then of course we have, um, and then of course, um, we'll see what happens going forward. Um, my final thoughts this week: we got a lot to look at. Obviously, um, a lot of reflection of the year, especially that we've, and this was a really un unusual year for. Um, the class for for the 2021 class really unusual year of course and they've went through a lot and also the 2020 class they've also went through a lot as well um you know so just you know i'm really congratulations to everybody who graduated um for the class of 2021 i'll go more into um reflecting um this past um 2021 um 2020-2021 school year. Um, we'll reflect into that, obviously. So we'll see what happens going forward. Um, you know, as we head into, um, I know there's going to be a lot of summer stuff going on, especially with football, working on seven-on-sevens. And then, of course, you have basketball with summer leagues and all that. So just a lot of things going on. throughout. And then, of course, you have them. Um, and then, of course, you have um, just a lot of things going on around the um you know, just getting ready for next fall, you know what I mean? Especially the start of um, fall sports, which is going to be, um, you know, hopefully we can have everything like in a sense of normalcy. So we'll see what happens going forward. Um, so we'll see what happens going forward. All right, everybody, I'm going to sign it off here. Um, make sure to keep an eye on the blog at Sammy Semicolon, Sammy Semicolon, Semicolon, for the latest on um, the coaching churches. Also, Districts being released, especially um, if you look at my volleyball districts, they're up on my blog as well. Um, also, keep a very close eye on basketball districts being released and also coaches being named. So, um, we'll see what happens going forward. Um, okay, now everybody, I'm signing off here. Um, take care, everybody. Remember, stay safe. Um, God bless everybody. See you on next week, everybody. Take care.